Hey, Justin. Hey, Andro. Guess what, man? Uh, you know, there, there are things happening in the world, things that are beyond our control. Like what? Uh, well, like, uh, you know, besides the world being on fire and everything, and besides uh, President, uh, ex-President 45 having a, a slew of criminal cases before him, there are other things happening in the world besides all of that, besides Israel and Palestine and I, I want you to repeat to me what you said about Israel, because that was hysterical. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. Kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. We're not wading into that, except it's just terrible on both sides, and it's a nightmare, and I can't even think about it because it just makes me so depressed all the way around. But uh, so what keeps me occupied is thinking about other dumb things, uh, and those are the things that we are going to get into right after we do this. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andre Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, uh, okay. So, uh, crazy. Uh, so we're recording this on a, on a Saturday night. It is, uh, November 18th, uh, just a few days away from Thanksgiving. And the news has broken that, uh, last night, late last night. So they released this press release Friday night when the news uh, is dead that, uh, Sam Altman, who is the guy behind, uh, chat GPT was fired from the board of OpenAI. Yeah, big, big shocking stuff right there. And so, yeah, Sam Altman is the face of that company. He's the Elon Musk of uh, OpenAI, ChatGPT. Uh, not that Elon Musk is in your highest esteem at the moment, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you think went down with uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT here? Yeah. You know, this is a really strange situation because, number one, the guy has been very forthcoming about the dangers of AI. He's been he, he's he's talked uh, numerous times about how dangerous it is and how how they have to be careful of, now that they basically let the genie out of the bottle uh, and 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 cautioning people against it. The other thing uh, I found rather interesting was that just the other day he announced uh, ChatGPT 5 was coming and it was going to be, uh, they're getting close to what they're calling general artificial intelligence, which is kind of the next level up or uh, a mechanism that can actually think for itself. It's a bit, you know, getting closer to passing the Turing test. So, uh, so this came as a surprise and they said that it had something to do with him not being forthcoming to the board. And 
This could mean any number of things. Number one, uh, my prediction uh, is one of the predictions is that next week uh, the New York Times or uh, the New Yorker is going to drop some bombshell story and we're going to find out that, uh, yeah, he was, you know, doing something unsavory. <laughs> you know. something, something negative. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to second that one real quick here because it has to be very bad for them to fire this man. I mean, if you're following, you know, he's not maybe a household name in the general population, but anyone who's following tech, following AI knows who Sam Altman is. And this is a big, big deal. Even if you're following business in general, you know this guy. So it's, this is not a lightweight firing. It's probably the equivalent of Steve Jobs in the 90s getting fired from Apple. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's huge. So uh, in retaliation, he has said that he's going to start another AI uh, venture. Now, what is interesting is that OpenAI has just, uh, you know, they signed some deals with like Microsoft. And so uh, their ChatGPT is built into Bing right now. So you can you can use it. Uh, but what I, what I find uh, kind of interesting as another possibility is that uh, he was very vocal about the direction that OpenAI was taking. And perhaps they didn't like that because maybe they want to sign a deal with something that he found unsavory. So in terms of when, you, when you're speculating here, are you thinking that they were going too far with AI and like apocalyptic standards here? Is that what you're thinking, that, that, that they wanted to take it further because of profit or, or not far enough? Well, let's say that hypothetically they wanted to uh, use their infrastructure to train a uh, an AI that was, you know, maybe made Palantir, Peter Thiel's uh, yeah. spyware program uh, or Black Box, the Israeli spyware program. Uh, they were willing to give OpenAI a whole bunch of money to uh, use their uh, data set to train uh, a certain set of data, which could be used for unsavory purposes for, uh, you know, uh, governmental agencies that want to keep tabs on somebody, uh, they can sift through a lot of data, right? So so perhaps there was that. Third option, option three, would be that he got another offer. He got a job offer that was so good that he couldn't not take it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. Maybe, maybe. But I, I feel like that option two one where they did a deal with Palantir and if he was so far against it that he tried to block it in the boardroom and went over and above, I think that could explain how he could get ousted. That, I mean, that's that's a good theory. I think that, that might hold some some ground there. Well, either one of those, I, 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 I'm sure it will come out in the wash. We'll find out uh, the answer to it. But, but I do think that the guy who basically brought us the most disruptive technology that humans have faced since fire, I really believe that. Uh, this is, the, I mean, also it's a gift to the world. OpenAI, uh, the fact that, it, that it's not hiding behind Google servers or it's an open source, right? Uh, sort of, kind of. Not not open source, but yeah, sort of. Sort of, <laughs> halfway. And, you you know, you could, like, part of the innovations that were coming out with the next iteration of ChatGPT was being able to uh, create your own GPT that can uh, lock into APIs. So an API is, like, the, the computer code for, like, say, uh, if you wanted to create an app for Spotify to use on your TV, you would use their API to do it. Yeah, uh, it, it basically gives you a connection to, you know, their tech on some level. So the fact that you can create your own 
your own AI assistant to tap into uh, APIs of all sorts is incredible because you can, the things that you can do with that now, it's it's like- It, it, it is nuts, yeah. Now, I, I want to just second, I want to I want to come back to that story though about, um, you know, less than 24 hours after the announcement that he was fired from the board, you mentioned this already, but he's now telling investors that he is going to be founding a new artificial intelligence venture and he's and apparently the rumors are that he's bringing over uh, the open AI president, the sitting president, Greg Brockman, is expected to join this new company. Um, so that that's all pretty interesting if, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I, I am very curious to see what is going on. Uh, the last option, last option is that uh, someone on the board uh, released a evil AI onto the world. <laughs> and uh, he he tried to shut it down, and they wouldn't let him. And uh, he had to for ethical reasons. Uh, <laughs> and there, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll replace the new CEO with an with an actual AI bot. That, that would be that would be making a stand, wouldn't it? Maybe they already replaced a few board members with AI, and that, that's who fired him to begin with. Who knows? Oh you know? uh, man, they're becoming the Borg. <laughs> And, and uh, so we have artificial intelligence, and then we have absolute zero intelligence. We move on to Elon Musk. <laughs> Your favorite. My favorite person who um, decided that that he was going to uh, uh, agree with a tweet from a known uh, racist. I, for, I forget what, even what the tweet was, but it was something about, uh, it was like super anti-Semitic, like, like, you know, about Jews controlling the money throughout history or something. And Elon Musk was like, yeah, right on, or whatever he does. Like, hmm, sounds interesting, or whatever the hell he tweets. And uh, and it was one step over the line. So immediately, uh, uh, Comcast, uh, the most evil corporation in the world, uh, decides to pull funding. When, when Comcast, Comcast... Uh, says you have crossed the line. That that's like when uh, you know Slash had to tell the drummer of Guns N' Roses, like, dude, you're doing too much drugs. You know, it's it's like when when Slash is telling you you're doing too many drugs, you're doing too many drugs. It may have started with Comcast, but then it spread quickly because Apple, IBM, Disney, Disney, yeah, um, other uh, Paramount, Lionsgate, a, a lot of major companies have pulled right. have pulled. And what's interesting, and I mentioned this before we got on the air, is that Elon Musk technically is no longer the CEO of Twitter, but he's still treated like the face and he he treats Twitter like it's his, uh, and he acts like the face of whatever it's called, X. It's always going to be Twitter to me. Um, and so this is, of course, it's going to, it's always going to fall on on his words. Now, before this even happened too, I don't remember if you, if you remember this, like uh, maybe a month ago, I think before the attack even happened, or no, right after the attack happened, he also recommended a, a news source who was... Um, I, I can't remember. It had some anti-Semitic tweets in their past, and the, the news yeah. source that he recommended um, after people started digging into them and what they were saying, uh, it, it was pretty bad too. So I, I don't know if he's just compulsive and he just like agrees with things or makes these recommendations on the fly and doesn't think things through, or or if it's truly plotted out and and uh, that's just who he is. He's anti-Semitic. No, I, I don't I, know. I, 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 I think I think the, the as I've said before, Elon Musk is what happens when you can afford to do all the cocaine, <laughs> all of it, just all, all the cocaine. And um, I I think he, he's just compulsive. Personally, I think he's really compulsive, and he thinks he acts before he thinks, and he does some stupid stupid things. Yeah, and and uh, it's it, I don't know. I I I think 
especially the way that he's been alienating, uh, you know, people more on the left who are more, they're more of his target audience to buy a Tesla. And I, I know actually a number of people who will not buy a Tesla, they were planning on it and they're not going to now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the cyber truck was like, did you ever see that episode of the Simpsons where Homer was able to design his own car? I, I did. I, I haven't even seen a lot of Simpsons episodes, but I've seen that one. Yes. <laughs> and, and and it was like the ugliest car ever. I feel like Elon Musk built the Cybertruck this way. Like he's just like, <laughs> guys, after he, he huge <laughs> rail, you know, coke. <laughs> he built it for himself. And, and did you watch, uh, did you see the clip? Uh, he went on the Joe Rogan podcast and they shot a bow and arrow at the Cybertruck to show off that it was like barely scratched from it. But I mean, like, why? <laughs> why? I, I know. I know. We, 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 this is the dumbest timeline. I mean, <laughs> let us not forget. Let us not forget. We are only like three or four months out from Mark Zuckerberg almost having a cage match with Elon Musk. Until Zuckerberg injured his knee. I think he tore his, he tore his uh, knee up or something in training. I I I wish to God they did that because because uh, I think that if they pay per viewed that shit, uh, it would it would it, it would I, Elon would get his forty four billion back. People, <laughs> I would so pay money to see that. I I would have loved to see it. I probably would have illegally pirated the stream, but I would have still watched. No, it. I probably would have too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would not have given them money. But uh, you know, but it's the dumbest timeline. Uh, what else have you got for me, my friend? Uh, besides. The, that yeah, I mean, we got a we got a few stories here. I know we wanted to talk about a little bit about the death of Marvel and get into to some movie uh, news, but do we want to get into that now, or is there any I more think business? That's a good idea, yeah. Because okay, so so this is something that's really interesting. Uh, so I'm I'm working on my buddy's film, uh, Josh Tikal, who he he's been on a guest on the show, which is called Common Common Ground, right? The new one, Common Ground, yep. and uh, it's a an environmental documentary. It's actually really uh, great. And it's been playing all across the country. But one of the things that he's been doing, which has been kind of genius, is he's going, he, he's taking it on the road like a road show. So uh, he's going theater to theater. He's getting groups in there, people who are really passionate about, uh, you know, uh, soil and organic farming and regenerative farming. And he has a panel discussion at the end so people can like talk about, you know, the movie. And so it, each, of, each of the screenings have turned it into a, an event. So uh, part of my strategy has been to, in each city, release a press release that's newsworthy about kind of the local story, right? So, uh, and one of those things that I did was, uh, you know, Taylor Swift came out with her movie and she had this innovation, which was she was not going to go through a studio. She distributed it herself through her own company and bypassed the middleman. So uh, you don't need the studio and the sound of freedom uh, did the same thing, which, you know, I'm, we've talked about that. Um, and so I released another press release that was like, uh, uh, Hey, uh, this movie, little movie common ground is doing the same thing that Taylor Swift is doing. So it's kind of Taylor Swift news, but, uh, that press release did, 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 did very, very well. And, um, uh, but it also made me think about the fact that, that some of the, the, the biggest movies of the year were these little independent films. Taylor's movie, obviously, The Sound of Freedom. And meanwhile, you had Mission Impossible 6. Uh, you had- I think it's uh, like eight. I think it's like eight. I don't think it's six. Or eight <laughs> it's, or whatever. it's more than six, whatever but, it was. Yeah. Part one, <laughs> you had, you had uh, you know, Indiana Jones, you had Fast X, you had 
uh, there was another Marvel movie. Uh, there was the Flash. Well, the new one that just came out. The Marvels just came out, and that flopped. Right, and and so and this was the this was the last one in that pipeline, and that flopped. Oh, Ant Man, Ant Man, Ant Man was the other one. Ant Man. Yeah, 3. and then uh, it, it, word has it that they're that Warner Brothers basically is writing off uh, Aquaman. That's going to be a complete bomb as well. Well, well, speaking of Warner Brothers, did you hear that they they tried to do a full tax write off and and shelf the Wiley e. Coyote movie? Which was starring John Cena and apparently was test right. screening very, very well. And they, so they they had a full on. They were going to write it off. There was so much backlash and people saying like, "We'll never work for the studio again if you do this." That um, now they might sell it to a streaming service, but I'm not. I don't think that's confirmed yet. So it still could get written off. Yeah, it, yeah. it might get shelved. And so so, but what this is showing us, especially with the strikes that just happened, is that the entire movie industry is collapsing in on itself. And so, you know, before the pandemic, this idea of like, hey, let's get a streaming service going and we'll just get people to give us our money, their money every month. Right. And uh, building all that content out is expensive. It's yeah. like really, really expensive. And so uh, uh, it, it, it was just get as much content out as cheaply as possible, screw as many people over as possible. And now people are tired of it. I, I, I have unsubscribed to every single streaming service I own now. Uh, I just won't do it. I keep Prime because I think it's like three bucks a month. That's it. Here. Well, it comes with the free shipping too. If you get the, if you pay for it that way, you can. Yeah. So I mean, but I, but I, I believe me, I, I have a. It's like the trolley problem. Every time I pay that three bucks, I giving it to Jeff Bezos. You know. Well, I, I mean, technically, he's gone off the. You know, he's still. I guess he's still chairman, probably. But he's he's off. He's not CEO anymore. Technically. No, but he's 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 still making money. He's kind of like yeah. Elon Musk is. Uh, but I want to say that uh, the other thing about these movies is that the other huge success recently was uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which was an uh, independent movie right. done by Blumhouse that was like $80 million opening and simultaneous released on streaming also, which was crazy that it opened so big. Not only that, but that movie, like not only did it outperform the Marvels, but I believe if you take the Marvels and then if you look at the projections for this weekend's The Hunger Games prequel, which most people don't even know came out this weekend, um, combined, it, it, like, it's close. I mean, I think I think the those two movies will out-earn uh, Five Nights at Freddy's on their opening weekend, but it, 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 the fact that it's even close is crazy. Well, that that's fi- what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it, so so all of these movies, including, like, the, the Hunger Games movie, including all of these, uh, they're all sequels, right? Or prequel or prequels, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the movies that that really did surprisingly well, like just from like like a, a, a like a return on your investment, was uh, you got the Oppenheimer, you got Barbie, and you've got uh, Sound of Freedom, Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, all original content, right? So so the 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 day of like the sequels and the superheroes and the big special effects. That those things don't make money, and unfortunately, the the nice little independent films, like you know, you got your David Lynch's. Taylor Swift also was hugely successful, ton of money, right? And a lot of and 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 a number of these didn't go through the normal studio system, and and it's almost like, do we need the studios anymore? Uh, interestingly enough, one of the movie companies that uh, that continued to shoot through the entire uh, strike was uh a24 and they make uh, a lot of little independent films but they were able to continue working because they were meeting the demands of uh the screen actors guild and the writers guild 
But going back, okay, going back to Taylor Swift's movie, I believe she struck a deal directly with like AMC, right? Or or was it? Was, yeah. Actually, it was more than that though. Um, or how oh, how did that but, work? Like, yeah. Oh, I mean, who? What? What movie chain would not want the Taylor Swift movie, right? Well, I I didn't expect it to be as successful as it was. Like, I honestly was taken. I was surprised you, at the level of know, success. You don't know Swifties, then do I, you? I don't. You just, I do not yeah. know Swifties, and I, I mean, I, I I guess the concert was a lot. I mean, gigantic, enormous. So I didn't even realize how big that was. But imagine, yeah. imagine a Trump rally, but instead of guns, they're screaming <laughs> teenage girls. My God. Right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh I yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy I don't have a daughter. I could avoid all that. Although I did take my son to see Lady Gaga uh for his first concert. Oh nice, nice, nice. I gotta say that was pretty dope. That was I would think she would be a really good concert to see live, yeah. Yeah, and she's like the type of entertainer, like I would I don't mind paying money to see her entertain because she is a master. She's so good. So so coming back to Marvel, the uh, the Marvel cinematic universe. Have you seen the Marvels? Because I have. Oh, you did? No kidding. I saw it. That was you. I went. You were the guy. That was me. That was me. I was the one. I was the one that went. I read about you in Wired magazine. It was like weird. So okay, so so uh do tell. Dish dish out, how was it? Uh, it, it was very average, very by the numbers, better than I expected it to be given the reviews and everything. But I mean, it was uh-huh. as standard and as, uh, again, as by the numbers as you could ever expect. It it had no real surprises, no real stakes. And it, I mean, it was a decent movie. Had it come out, you know, five years ago, it probably would have performed better and it would have been better received. But we're just at we are at a level of fatigue here with this with this whole superhero thing, and um, and they are they're out of ideas is really what's yeah. happening. And yeah, nobody nobody's excited about Kang the Carker, and and uh, <laughs> next week is uh, Jonathan Majors' uh, court case is going to happen, and if he is found guilty, uh, Disney will have to drop him. And uh, my guess is that they're gonna they're gonna just kind of start from scratch they're they're gonna dump yeah. the whole king like basically retcon the whole thing for some backstory for some backstory here though they, they already announced so marvel already announced a movie called avengers king uh the king dynasty which was supposed to feature jonathan majors and be entirely about the the king storyline which i'm not that familiar with but i've kind of learned about more recently and now that's all up in the air and, and even if he's found not guilty. I mean, he has to be found not guilty and he has to be like re-embraced by the fans. And there has, there has to be a, even more than a not guilty verdict to really bring him back at this point, I think. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, is that I don't know a single person who's excited about the Kang storyline, Like, you know, like Thanos, that made sense. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there's talk about like Doc Doom, you know, who's like one of the greatest Marvel villains. They should just they should skip the multiverse. People are tired of it, uh, you know. But but also in truth, we've seen it all. We've seen like where else can that whole yeah. thing go? It, it's it's like there's nothing exciting about. It. It's kind of like the Harry Potter world, you know. They the they and and this is this is part of my problem with it because it's not about uh, making these IPs and giving people something that they want giving the fans something that they want uh there's a part of me that almost feels like i'm not a conspiracy theorist but 
it's almost like they took these beloved IPs and purposefully ran them into the ground because people had too much hope and it gave people too much levity in their lives. And uh, it's just better to to yeah. just destroy it all and make some money on the way there, down. There may be a case study written about uh, Kevin Feige and taking the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Endgame, which was at this absolute peak, and crashing it down within, what, like two to three years? Like taking it down to where it had never had a flop to like three or four consecutive flops in a row yeah. and the thing falling apart. I mean, it's it's a legendary collapse that's happening. And, um, and also the South Park just released a direct streaming movie that is uh, just ridicules kind of Disney the um their desire to cast female characters sometimes forcing gender swaps things like that which which when it feels forced i could see that can get a problem when it's done right it's fine <laughs> but they pushed yeah. it a little bit too far and I, I think the general sentiment is uh is that there is backlash now because of that well i i, I you know i have no problems with with the gender swap like you know who? I mean, especially people who are like up in arms over the Little Mermaid. Like, for God's sakes! Like, oh, that, come that, on. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. I agree. Y- you know, it's like you're you're upset because a fictional creature. You know, uh, whatever. I I I I don't get it. But but I I am surprised that someone greenlit Snow White because first of all, <laughs> first of all, uh, her name is Snow White, and she's here. The whole thing was her. Skin was, you know, as white as snow and black hair and ruby red lips. And that was part of the the the, the lore of her beauty. Um, and if, if you want to race swap that, that's cool. I mean, that's fine if it has a reason. Um, but then you get into the seven dwarves. And this is a little <laughs> tricky in this day and age, man. So I, I'm not exactly sure. Like at that point when someone says Snow White, okay, and the seven dwarfs. Ah, we can't do this movie, man. Like, <laughs> let's. Well, the, let's... do you see the initial the initial press that came out was that they were going to replace the seven dwarfs with seven magical creatures, and there was so much backlash to that on the internet. But but then but then there's like we you have to put dwarves on the screen. You're gonna um you're probably gonna have pressure to use dwarf actors, but you also can't do it in a way that is negative towards like dwarves. So it's really, really shaky. Yeah. And Peter Dinklage can't be in everything. No. Yeah. yeah Peter <laughs> Dinklage can't be in everything. You know, maybe you can clone. I mean, I, I would watch seven Peter Dinklage's. The guy's amazing, you know, but yeah, he's great. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but, but well, to, he came out, he came out against the movie because he's like, how can you do this movie this day and age? Like this is just, that's so, what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The second you said seven dwarves, somebody at Disney should have said, raised their hand and gone, listen, guys, just so you know, we can't do this like ever, <laughs> like, like it this is- in song of the South, they're off the list forever. So, um, yeah, nah, whatever. I, I, uh, but I, I, there is, there is a, a part of me that is kind of watching this with glee as the entire structures of, uh, and gatekeepers of entertainment are collapsing. I mean, the, the artists are getting screwed definitely. And AI is going to really, you know, change everything. But but in actuality, and this is this is the other thing, is like I look at Khalil, I look at my son, right? 
and he plays, he, he loves Roblox. It's his thing. He loves, loves, loves Roblox. He will play that all day. Uh, so I have to set some serious limits on it. So I try to get him to watch something, and I haven't shown him Star Wars yet. And part of the reason why is because in his little world, Star Wars is just more content. It's nothing special. It's just like another movie, you know? It's like, here, here's an album. Oh, yeah, there's a song on there. It's just more content. Everything is just content now. And, and, and I, think, I think that's the thing that I lament the most is that uh, it just like you can't watch like a good old movie anymore because we're going too fast and it's impossible to compete with video games. Yeah. Like young, young kids uh, who are growing up with in, in, you know, this, the digital natives, uh, they're not going to watch movies anymore. They're they're into like 3d interactive experiences. What's a movie going to do? They're into YouTube, man. Yeah. I mean like Jacob is obsessed with YouTube and, and I've come to learn a lot about Mr. Beast recently and watched some of his videos where he's getting hundreds of millions of views. And if you watch any of these top YouTubers, they cut like every three seconds is cut, 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 cut. Plus like crazy sound effects. Everything is like, boom, boom, boom. And, uh, and, and that's the attention spans of today's youth. And so you can't have them sit in front of an old movie because they, they lose interest incredibly quickly. My son has no interest in watching a movie. He calls them long. Like any movie is long, except he can sit and watch like a four hour YouTube video. No problem. But, um, you know, but a movie is too long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, and so, I I mean, I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that too, man. I mean, it's like uh, killers of the flower moon three hours long. Oh my God. I got to sit. I got to sit for three hours. Yeah. But I'll binge watch the shit out of like, uh, for all mankind. Yeah. I'll sit through five episodes of that. But, uh, you know what helped me on killers of the flower moon is I didn't know how long it was. And I went to the theater. I didn't know. And it was three, it's three and a half hours. It's not three hours. It's three and a half hours. The movie started 30 minutes after previews. It was late, man. By the time I got out of there, great movie. I really do think it could have been edited down. I think a lot of these directors, when they're given free reign by like Apple or Amazon or these streaming services, they do benefit from editors. I mean, I, I don't mind having a director's cut released also, but like they, I think Dude, it's there is a purpose to editing down. It's, it's it's tough. It's tough, but there there's room to edit that movie down and make it a masterpiece. I, I don't know. I Scorsese, I, I I'd watch ten hours of him eating breakfast. If you know. it, it's yeah, he, it's great. I mean, it's a great yeah. it's a great movie. I think it could have been edited down, but you know, who am I to talk? Yeah, I, I read I read the book, and it's a magnificent story. But I, I think and that but that's it. You hit the nail on the head. Like sitting through a three and a half hour movie. 20 years ago for me was no problem. I would look forward to it. It was a whole experience. But now uh, my attention span has also been on the decline. And so I, I think that that this is one thing that scares me, especially as, you know, AI is now becoming, uh, as we talked about, it's becoming uh, a dangerous weapon. And, uh, you know, you have Elon yeah, you have Elon Musk who who is is vaguely anti-Semitic and he's sharing this content and uh, using AI to help him. And uh, you know, people have short attention spans now. Where is it? What what does this mean in the grand scheme scheme of things? AI is still very much in it in its infancy, and I mean, they've just rolled out. I was playing. I can't remember the name of the software right now, but I was playing with a software that will create like five second movies based on text prompts. 
and the love. I mean, just how far it's come in a year yeah. is nuts. And how far you know it's going to keep going and going and going, especially as they release generative AI, which is AI that can basically teach itself and build upon itself for exponential growth. And as that becomes more and more unleashed, it, I mean, the sky is, I mean, who knows what what's coming in well, a year from now? My prediction is going to be that, that be, you'll be able to just put on your headset and say, okay, create a game for me that I can finish in three hours and I want to be a superhero. And, you know, it'll just create the content for you. It'll generate the world. It'll generate the storyline. It'll yeah. feed dialogue to the characters. Um, and I, I honestly believe that when our both our sons are able to date, uh, they might choose to date an AI partner. And <laughs> Maybe. Uh, why not? I, I, mean, I was playing a game. Uh, there's a game on Unreal Engine. I forget what it's called. It's called I, I don't remember what it's called. It's just like a city simulation, but you're basically in the Matrix. Uh -huh. And the point of the game, or at least it's in demo format right now, is you walk around and you talk to the people in the street when you just talk with, with your microphone. And they have full conversations with you. They're powered through ChatGPT API. Oh, God. What's this game? It, uh, I'll send you a link to it afterwards. So I'll put it in the show notes, too, for anyone else to try it out. Um, but it's it's fun. It's interesting. I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's like fun for like a couple hours. Then you kind of lose interest after a while. But it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll share it with you. But it just shows your creative uses of this technology. And, I mean, you can now have like conversations with AI bots in the game. It's like nuts. Oh, my God, man. It's... <laughs> This is a brave new world. It's uh, it's wild. I gotta tell you though. I mean, it's scary and it's intense, but uh, it's it, it is hands down the most interesting time in human history, is it not? It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, with that, happy to be a marketer, just uh, floating in the breeze and uh, somewhere in the middle of the 21st century. Exactly. What what a time to be alive. You know that this is gonna get even more nuts <laughs> as we get in here and we'll be here to cover it all for you ladies and gentlemen and with that i'm andre sturgeon and i am justin womack we are the marketing geeks and we are out stay classy marketing geeks come on bring your friends we'll learn marketing from distant lands andre sturgeon and justin womack the fun will never end it's marketing geeks marketing